despite trying and reportedly offering significant draft capital to get Chase Claypool, the Green Bay Packers do nothing at the trade deadline. <sighs> so now what? Plus, our pal Lily Zhao comes in for another Zhao You Doing. That all starts right now. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a $100 deposit bonus, up to $100, depending on what you put in with the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, our shows have been running a little long lately, so I do not want to waste a bunch of time. I don't know. I feel bad about saying that. I don't want to waste time hearing me talk. (laughs) But... um, I want to get right into our discussion with Lily Zhao. Um, we talk Packers uh, trade deadline in action. We talk about a lot of different things relating to the Bills game and the offense moving forward and the defense. And so there's a lot to get to. I want to make sure that we're not overloading you this week after what was already uh, a, a tough game to watch. So let me just start here because we'll get into some of the inaction stuff. And we didn't know, Lily and I, when we recorded this, um, it was before the reporting came out that the Packers offered a second round pick to Chase, for Chase Claypool. This is important information because Tom Silverstein reported it at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and Andrew Filipponi in Pittsburgh reported it. So now you're having it on both sides. It's not just, uh, okay, who is benefiting from this reporting, which is something you always need to take into account when you hear um, anonymous reporting. So, This is something that we have to take seriously. The Packers made a real legitimate offer for Chase Claypool. And the understanding is the reason Pittsburgh took the Bears pick is because Justin Fields with Chase Claypool, not as dangerous as Aaron Rodgers with Chase Claypool in terms of the compensation back. That's a big deal, right? So there's the irony of the the Bears And the perception of them as a team that still sucks versus Green Bay and it working to hurt the Packers in this case, trying to get a guy like Chase Claypool. And then he goes to a division rival. You have TJ Hawkinson going from Detroit to Minnesota, the team leading the division, a division rival. So I get why Packers fans, why Packers media, why national media are annoyed at the Packers in action. Totally and 100% get it. It's also the case you need two teams to make a deal. And the same thing was true with the Khalil Mack deal in a very similar set of circumstances where Green Bay was in aggressively on that trade, but Oakland at the time really only engaged Chicago with that discussion, similar in the A.J. Brown trade. This has been something that, that 
Uh, Jason Hershorn, America's guest and my co-founder at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to, has been all over that that was the trade that the Packers needed to make. And and look, of course, that would have been a great trade for Green Bay to make. But that was one of those weird trades that came together sort of at the last minute, according to Diana Rossini. That was a trade that sort of that those discussions started about a different player and they landed on A.J. Brown. And it all sort of came together last minute. There was no bidding war. There was no open market competition. This wasn't six teams offered. And so, you know, it's not like they were going to do the deal for AJ Brown and called Green Bay and said, hey, can you beat a first? No, that's not what happened. It always takes two teams to make these deals. So could they have gone and given up literally anything to get Kendrick Bourne? Sure. Could they have called and, and tried to get Nelson Aguilar? Yeah, sure they could have. Could they have bet the farm and given up two first-round picks for DJ Moore? Yeah, they could have. But it always takes the other team not only picking up the phone, but saying, yes, we will do this deal with you. And that's part of this, too, is you have to have a front office willing to do a trade with you. That's what makes the TJ Hawkinson deal a little surprising because those are divisional teams. And if you're the Lions, like, why are you? You're, yes, you're getting real draft capital for for that player. But now you're sending him to a team that you got to play two times a year. Like, why? Why are you doing that exactly? I don't think TJ Hawkinson is that great a player, but like that's it's weird. It's weird. We don't usually see that happening. So I get both sides of it and I get this argument of. Well, one player doesn't change their fortune, and so don't waste a second or a third round pick to get a player who's not going to help them this year. That's why the rookie contract thing was important, so that you're getting someone who's not just a player this year, but can help you in the years to come and maybe potentially be someone that you sign long term. Uh, You know, Albert Breer reported that that the Bears were viewing this as their Alan Lazard, someone who could play in the big, um, play the slot, who block who could get vertical, and who's a big body in the middle of the field. Well, Alan Lazard might not be on this team next year. So that's why you go out and you offer someone like Chase Claypool so you can bring him in this year and then next year. So I get that standpoint. I also think that it would have been smart to, if they could swing a deal, go do it. I would have wanted them to go do it. Brandon Cooks, contracts made that really tough. I don't know why Houston and Brandon Cooks signed a deal that made him really hard to trade only to turn around and be open to trading him. And it doesn't seem like from his social media, he's super pleased about being shopped. And I think that's also one of the reasons why he did that trade and no trade ended up happening is because he didn't really want to get moved. So now you're looking at a situation where, all right, the Bears, just by virtue of being the Bears, outbid you. and. The Brandon Cooks thing isn't going to happen. How many other moves really move the needle? I don't think TJ Hawkinson moves the needle for this team very much. I don't think the difference. I just like tight ends don't matter that much generally. So the difference between like the fifth best tight end and the 15th best tight end. It's marginal. It's tiny. Like if it's Travis Kelsey, if it's Mark Andrews, if it's George Kittle, those guys matter. Like Darren Waller can't stay on the field. He's been nothing this season. Dallas Goddard's a really, really good player. He probably matters. Kyle Pitts, what is he? Top top five pick. He looked awesome at times last year. This year has not been a factor at all. 
Like there are very few tight ends who consistently impact the game. And so, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot of draft. I would not have liked the, 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 the trade if the Packers had made the TJ Hawkinson move. Big Bob Tunyon was basically the, the second or third most productive, depending on what kind of metrics you care about, tight end in the league in 2020. This sort of positional volatility happens all the time where random guys all of a sudden have eight, 10 touchdown seasons or they have 850 yards randomly because their team needs them in this given situation. Like it's kind of like running back in that unless you have one of the truly elite guys, everyone after a certain point just doesn't really matter. And the really, really good tight ends move the needle, I think, actually more than the the top running backs because they're just more good running backs. But it's just not a move I would have made. So there, I don't know that there were that many great options for the Packers. This this flaw in this team started in the spring when they were not able to swing a trade and when they were not able to move up in the first round to get the guy that they wanted or when they, you know, mishandled, in my opinion, and has been my opinion from the start, their first round. They could have walked out of this draft with Three, I mean, maybe they did walk out with three really good players. We don't know what Christian Watson is going to be. Romeo Dobbs looks like a player. And Samora Toure all of a sudden looks like a player. But can you win with those guys? Doesn't seem like you can this year. All right, we're going to get to Lily in a second. Before we do, let's talk about Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you need to listen up. Right now, Locked On Packers listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50 percent off this is their biggest offer of the year and you don't want to miss it you these these systems can be expensive if you let them and because there's so many different options that you can use cameras and sensors and all kinds of stuff i've got i've got all kinds of stuff right i've got sensors i've got cameras i've got everything that i could that i that i want as part of my system because security is important to me and my family so in an emergency with Simply Safe, 24-hour professional monitoring, plus the cameras, the sensors, all that good stuff. Use Fast Protect technology exclusively for, exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. So you can get a priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras inside and out, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. And this 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day. Less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I would recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe at Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on. That's the biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. Simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. Locked on NFL is the forward slash. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. I think I said that wrong. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. Check out Locked On Sports today. Doesn't matter. Listen to both shows, please. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Joining me now, the Packers just cannot get off the schneid, and that means that another edition of Zayudun has to be about an L. But we are not just going to take L's around here. Lily's out from Fox 6 in Milwaukee. We are going to pick ourselves up and keep on going. Zayudun. 
Peter, uh, we are winners over here, you and I. <laughs> so I'm going to take that winning mentality into this week. Uh, it, it is, it's definitely very weird territory to be talking about a loss for the last month. Um, but you know, I'm doing well. I'm enjoying our nice weather today in Wisconsin before things tank later this week. So I'm good. So how are you doing? <laughs> the snow is just around the corner. I know you oh. know that. Uh, so I'm good. I am. I am good. Um, let's start as we're recording this just shortly after the trade deadline. I'm, I'm kind of hoping something breaks so we can react to it live, but that seems unlikely at this point. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but how surprised were you that the Packers stood pat at the deadline? I would say if there was ever a year to make a trade, it would have been this year. But in terms of being surprised, not so much. Again, the Packers have a long history of kind of just staying pat or if they make a trade, it's not anything worthy of blockbuster trade per se. Um, But again, I I do think, I mean, it was surprising because again, the talk was wide receiver who could get, who could they potentially get? And the answer is nobody. So they're going to have to make things work with who they have on the roster. But at this point, it's, you have the guys on the team, you're gonna have to make it work, but it is, I will say it's discouraging though. Cause I think you're looking to see, can they just make this this big trade and, and get this thing going? But alas, they did not. So, so you know, it's interesting because as you go into uh, this week, I-, I was hearing from Packer fans who were saying, look, don't use future capital to chase a win-now move. And I- I'll tell you what I think of that in a second. But what do you think of just that idea this season for Green Bay? I think I think you have to kind of weigh is is this person or persons going to be what catapults us to a playoff contending team, or is this person that we're going to acquire just going to be enough to get us to like eight or nine wins on the season? Is it going to be a big enough move that this team can you know move the meter towards greatness, or hey, just another good player that Aaron Rodgers can throw to, throw to? And you know, looking at the or the, not throw to or not throw to, <laughs> um, but looking at the options, it's you know Packers were in talks with certain guys, it didn't fall fall through. You know, in talks with Chase Claypool goes to the Bears. Um, there were talks with Brandon Cooks, but nothing was done with him, so he's still in Houston. I, I understand you don't want to give up the future. And those future draft picks for a big blockbuster move of any sort. But then at some point you have to kind of weigh with Aaron Rodgers window, why not go for it now? But then I understand the argument of, is this player going to be enough to get us to the postseason and have us actually contend or just be, you know, a nine win team. Yeah. There's this idea in economics um, that, you know, the idea of the long run versus short run. And then there's this old, this old quote in the long run, we're all dead. And so like, you can't worry too much about the long run because in the long run, who knows what's going to happen. Right. And I think that's where the Packers find themselves in a position that they've created for themselves in the long run. Aaron Rodgers isn't here. And so the, the cap hole or whatever that they find themselves in is sort of irrelevant because they're probably not going to compete at a high level. Even if we think that, that Jordan Love can be a solid guy eventually, probably not going to be in year one. The Packers were, what, six and 10 that first year with Aaron Rodgers, even though Aaron Rodgers played pretty decent football. So I I sort of get that part of it. And I also get that this was expensive. Chase Claypool for a second round pick, that's a lot. Um, you looked at the TJ Hawkinson deal. I thought that was way too much for a tight end that I think is just like a good player, but doesn't change your life. So 
I, I see both sides of it, but I also see the fan frustration. I go, I, I get it. I hear you. And, and if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you heard him on Pat McAfee go, I was kind of hoping we'd get to break some news on air. Like Aaron Rodgers wants to see this too. So why do you, like, how would you describe if you could just like put it in one sentence, the approach to stand Pat? Like if you're going to give the reasons, if I'm going, if I'm going, if I'm on the phone with you and I'm Brian Gutekinds and you're Aaron Rodgers or no flip that I'm Aaron Rodgers and you're Brian Gutekinds. Explain to me why the Packers did nothing. So if I'm Goody. Yes. I would say it in simple terms. We can't afford it. That's and that's probably what they're looking at, right? It's can we leverage the future for now? And listen, if, if this is a team that's you know above five hundred, has looked like a good football team, you can leverage that. You can say, I mean, you can say, hey, we need to make one move that'll put us over the top. Let's go do it. And then you look at the season of it's three and five. Is one wide receiver going to change or one other player going to change the dynamic of this team? Who knows? It could have, but maybe in Gutekunst's mind, it's it's too much cost now to do that. But like you mentioned, I get the frustration. Why not go out there and do it? I guess it's not, I guess I'm not the GM for a reason, right? Because I'd be like, let's go for it. But, you know, there are other factors in it. And I, I think his answer would be, we can't afford it. Other teams are going for it. Even teams that we don't see as, as being great teams, the Dolphins went for it. Even going back to the offseason, you trade a first-round pick for Tyree Kill, they're going for it. They're, it's not like they're at the top of the AFC standings and they trade another first-round pick for Bradley Chubb. They see an opportunity to get value. I think what's interesting for a team like Green Bay is I think it's easier for bad teams, at least untalented teams, to make trades. Because you can just say, we need the talent. If you're the Bears, give up the picks. Chase Claypool is is immediately potentially the most the most talented receiver at the very least on the Bears. So you look at the Packers team. It's like, oh well, Bradley Chubb. Well, the Packers Bradley Chubb's not worth a first round pick to the Green Bay Packers. And so that's where I think it it starts to get more difficult. You really have to thread that needle, and that's a difficult needle to thread. Let's let's go back to the Bills game. Um. Aaron Rodgers said something that I thought was fascinating. He said on Pat McAfee's show that this was the first game that he felt like energy-wise before the game, they were ready to play. That quote sort of knocked me on my ass because that is an indictment of culture, of coaching, of leadership. What did you think when you heard that? I thought the same thing. Well, in terms of being like, oh, I didn't realize that Week eight of football, I guess is kind of what he was getting at is this is the first time, first time two months into the season, we were like ready to go. Um, granted, again, it was a Sunday night game against Buffalo. Had it been a noon game against the Lions, I guess, you know, would that have been, would, would he have said the same thing? I don't know. And by um, the way, here comes a noon game against the Lions. Exactly. That's <laughs> but I also found it interesting just how much he talked about practice, right? Like they're, they're, practicing the right way and not wasting reps. So I'm thinking, have they just not been going all out in practice? Has that really been the issue of why they just have not been able to get things going? We know practice is important. And he mentioned it. You can go out and practice and stink on Sunday, or you can not practice and do well on Sunday. It's kind of a horse apiece, but you know, you want to be able to practice. And, and so I'm thinking, have they just not been going full force at practice? And that's why he's saying all these things now, but maybe when he said, I now feel like the Packers, 
after that Bills loss. Maybe that's when he was saying, hey, we're actually practicing the way we should be. And that's why it's the first time all season long I felt like we were energetically and ready for this game, despite the outcome. So I was trying to find the quote, and I couldn't find the quote last year. But I remember around this time, and it might have even been later, but they were winning, so we weren't really worried about it. Aaron Rodgers said, this was the first week of practice where I felt like we had a championship mindset. And it was, it was like late October, early November. It was around this same time. And I just wonder what it's going to take to get them to start this from the beginning. And I don't, I don't know how much of it is about, you know, this team going to the playoffs three straight years, being in the NFC championship game, two of those three years and understanding that like they're going to be judged based on what they do in the playoffs and so it's kind of hard for them to get up for some of these games. I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you change that, Lily? That's a great question. You know, I feel like now it's kind of not saying they, you know, aren't putting their all into practice, but it kind of feels like they're just like, oh, we're the Packers. We're expected to win. We're going to win. Yeah. It's not come to fruition because again, when you're having mental errors on, I think he said it was 20% of the snaps, this pass loss. I mean, this is more than a month into the season. I mean, this is, you're basically at the halfway point of the season. You're still having mental errors. It's like, why is this happening? I mean, this can happen the first couple of weeks of the season, but not this far into it, not halfway into a season. It's, I don't know what it is about the, the, you know, they can't translate what they're doing on practice to game days. I don't really know what the disconnect is there because it's not just like one guy, Hey, we'll fix one guy. They'll be fine. It's a collection of guys. It's a collection of mistakes on the field on a variety of plays. And again, the injuries certainly don't help the situation, but I, I'm not sure what they need to get done. I, and again, I, I've always said it and, you know, it all starts with Aaron Rodgers. If he, you know, granted he did as best as he could with the protection he had and the receivers he had against the bills. It's maybe just pr- tries to galvanize these guys or something, Peter, because I, I don't understand why there were so many mental mistakes seven, eight weeks into a season. Shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't. And and at a certain point, you know, and, and I've, I've made this case before, Aaron Rodgers has credited Matt LaFleur for saying this is a players led team. But at a certain point, it's the coach's job to get you ready to play. And, you know, I, I think the responsibility falls on everybody. And so everybody has been failing. And unfortunately, that's been a theme this season. We had Dusty Evely on the show yesterday talking X's and O's. And something happened, at least my my perspective on it in the fourth quarter, Aaron Rodgers he he started he started worrying less and uh i think just playing more the the throw to amari rogers on the go route on third down the samori toure second reaction play the i'm just going to throw this corner to romeo dobbs in tight coverage and let him go make a play that seemed like an important moment to me am i overthinking this No, I don't think so. I I think that's a really good point. Um, You know, teams always say when they can play free, when they can play with play fun, that's when they're at their best. I feel like he was kind of getting back to what he's been so good at. It's the, you know, unscheduled stuff. He's out of the pocket. He's able to scramble there. We saw him get a first down with his legs. It's like, that's vintage Aaron Rodgers and what he can do best. And, you know, that, that touchdown throw to Samari Toure was, was great. Um, you know, that throw to Romeo Dobbs was, was better, um, and a phenomenal catch there as well. But mm. when you see him kind of do the little things that make Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers, that's kind of when you're like, this is what's going to make the offense click because he's so good at these things that it's, you know, it's hard to do these things, but he does them so well. And when he got back to that late in the game, it's kind of like, maybe this is what they needed to keep doing 
to get this offense back on track. Yeah, when I was, and you and I had talked about this early in the season, I, I felt like the recipe for this team on offense was run the ball and be relatively efficient underneath. And then twice, three times a game, hit something down the field. And I felt like it probably needed to be one of the rookies. I did not expect it to be Samori Toure, but here we are. He's making plays. That's great. I think I, I should have been maybe more specific in my wish casting and, <laughs> and added Aaron Rodgers needs to make two or three plays a game because that's what he did in this game. And I think if the defense plays reasonably well in the first half, this, this game is close at the end. And, and if, look, if Big Bob Tunney doesn't get called for off, offensive pass interference, the Packers have the ball at the end of the game with a chance to go win it. And we feel very differently about how this game went, I think. Um, and so Rodgers, you know, you and I have have leveled our fair share of criticism, me probably more than my fair share of criticism at Aaron Rodgers. Um, and for him to look like this, sort of like, like yeah, yeah, this is the guy. They, this is the guy that, that they need. So what... Like, is this just the, the the path, do you think, moving forward? Run the ball, Aaron Rodgers, run around a little bit and try and make some plays? Uh, it's going to have to be, I, I guess, until your wide receiver core gets healthier. I mean, that's kind of what they have available. Unless, you know, they bring Juwan Winfrey up. Again, it's kind of just interchanging pieces in that receiver room. Um, you know, it, 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 they're not going to have a Stephon Diggs-like talent. No offense to any of those guys in the room. They're really good. They're not going to have, like, a Stephon diggs top dog talent. So it's like, these guys are all good. They're all young. They're still learning. And, you know, Samari made a great play. Amari made a great play. Romeo made a great play. They need more of that from that wide receiver group. And then when you have Aaron Rodgers getting back to the old vintage Aaron Rodgers, I mean, when he's making those beautiful throws and these guys are catching them and coming down with them. I mean, that's kind of when you're like, this is what gets this confidence in this offense rolling. And that's what can manufacture this team into getting some wins because you already know what Aaron Jones, you already know what AJ Dillon can do running and passing. Those guys know what they're doing. Get those other pieces going starts with Rogers. I think he looked like him more like himself in the fourth quarter, like you said, and then get those pieces rolling and, and you could turn this around and the lions. I mean, if they don't do it against the lions, Peter, I don't really know what else to say. This is a historically bad defense right now. And so if you can't right, if you can't, I mean, they ran for almost 200 yards against the best run run defense in the league. Um, that if you can't run against this team, if you can't throw against this team, I, I don't know, it's just probably not going to happen. Right. Um, let's, let's go to the other side of the ball here as we, as we finish up, um, defensively Rob Domovsky reporting that there is some internal frustration to the point that players are not confident in what's going on with Joe Barry. Matt LaFleur had a pretty upfront answer about it when he said, look, we have to listen to our players. This makes three defensive coordinators in a row now for whom this is the case where the players have had to go to the coaches and be like, this ain't it. <laughs> so what is, what is the path forward here? Maybe kind of following that blueprint, right? I think, was it like Zadarius Smith and a couple of those guys went yep. to Zadarius Smith and Kenny Clark in 2020 went into Mike Patton's office and said, we got to change. And guess what they did. And they did. So, you know, maybe Matt LaFleur making that statement of like, Hey, maybe we should listen to our players a little bit more. Maybe that's what they have to do. And I understand the justification of you can't play man all the time, but, you know, Jair not being on Stephon Diggs for a majority of the game. I mean, that's all their defensive game planning. But again, maybe it's just something where it's, you need these leaders on defense to go to Joe Barry and say, Hey man, like maybe zone isn't working. Maybe we want to do this, that, and the other, like put us in the right spots, maybe move me out of the slot to the outside, 
it's got to be something like that. If this is a player-led team, maybe just go to them and say, this isn't working. But I don't think it's a bad thing to, to do that. And I granted, I don't think Joe Barry would be this, the kind of guy to say, screw that. I'm not listening to you guys. I think he's a, he's a great coach and he will listen to his players. Uh, and maybe that's the change that, that they need this week to get that accomplished. Okay. It's been, it's been a weird week. It's been a little bit of a rough week. Lily, what is your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, nice pivot. Nice segue. Oh no. I'm kind of on the hot spot here. Cause I, I'm like a, I'm a glutton for candy. Okay. So like way too many. So your um, answer is all. <laughs> all candy. Okay. Do people give out whatchamacallits or is that like not a thing that people give out? I, I don't know that I've ever gotten one in my, in my, um, my little bucket, but that doesn't mean that's not a, that's not a bad answer. Okay. I, I enjoy whatchamacallits. They're just okay. delicious. Um, otherwise I do enjoy good, like Jolly Rancher sucker, which is kind of a bland answer, but I do. Like no, no, we gave out Jolly Rancher. We had a, a mixed bag and one of them was jo- the, go- the Jolly Rancher gummies. Ooh, fancy. They're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah. It's in a Skittles pack, Skittles, Starburst, and then Jolly Ranchers gummies. They okay. were popular. I have to say. I, you know what? I should, probably should have gone trick or treating or something. I don't know if people give me candy, but I'll go that you, you could probably pass. Put on a mask. No one knows. You're short enough that you could pass as a child. Like, I'm like, well, I'm like short enough where people might think I'm like just an older kid or something. Right. We had, I had some pretty tall, like I was like, I can tell you're 12, but <laughs> you're like a, a an adult sized. Yeah. yeah. So it, it works. My, uh, I think my favorite is, is the, there's nothing better than a bite-sized Butterfinger. I just, I know that like, that's a little bit of a hot take that they're not everyone's favorite candy. I love the fun size Butterfinger because a full Butterfinger is too much. It's too sweet. It's too, it sticks to your teeth. The fun size is the perfect size. That's why I think the Halloween candy, like it's not, what's your favorite candy? Halloween candy. I think there's a different, there's a different different caveat there. Well, going off that though, fun size Twix hits the spot. My only thing is it's just one. Well, that's why it's perfect because I can just, See, yeah. but I, I want a full-size Twix. I love Twix. <laughs> just like give me all the problem is I have like four of them and then it's like a full-size Twix. And then, okay. then we have to, we have to do that whole thing. So, yeah. all right, Lily, um, if, if we're not here next week, this time talking about a win, God help us truly, because, um, things will have gotten, we might see Jordan love sooner rather than later. If that's the case, we're trying to stay positive around here. So we're going to do our best. Lily, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Peter. All right. Thanks to Lily for joining the show. Always great to talk with our pal, Lily. Today's episode brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made so easy because you're playing against a number, just one number. Well, a couple because you're picking a couple of players, but you don't have to play against thousands of other people. You don't have to you know, go against someone that's got all sorts of advanced systems for picking players or has 500 entries in a game. No, no, no. You are playing against prize picks. They set a projection for a player, Aaron Jones, rushing yards. And if you think he's going to have more rushing yards, then you get to pick that. Hence, prize picks. You win a prize. Put a couple players together, two or more, and you can win up to 10 times your money just on deciding if a player is going to produce more or less than their projection. You're just playing the number. Plus, they have more than just football. Any sport you can imagine, they have these projections for. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. 
you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for the instant deposit match up to $100. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. I got it right this time. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, my show. Please, thank you. The biggest stories in sports plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, back tomorrow, our crossover edition, Matt Derry from Locked On Lions, our good friend, will be on our show. We'll be doing it together for our crossover and then a live show on Friday. Of course, we will be live after the game as well on Sunday. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on YouTube, you can do that at the Locked On Packers YouTube page after the game and every Friday during the season to stay locked on Packers.